1: is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRochstrom. Back to the hustings for President Trump as he holds his first campaign rally since March White House correspondent Greg Cluxton is traveling with the president for the 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff.
2: The president is resuming his big, boisterous rallies, which came to a halt because of the coronavirus outbreak. Tonight, inside and outside the BOK Arena in Tulsa, Oklahoma... Tens of thousands of people will be on hand to see the president.
0: We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about our nation. We're going to talk about where we're going, where we've
2: come from. The rally comes despite concerns about putting the public's health at risk. It also takes place amid a national conversation about racial equality and the use of police force. Greg Clugston, Washington.
1: Supporters have been lining up since Tuesday, camping out in a long queue to get their seats. A federal judge ruled this morning. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton can move forward in publishing his tell-all book. This is SRN News. This Father's Day may look a bit different. Hey, Yeah, can
2: you hear me? Uh, I can hear you, but the video is pretty blurry. (laughs) Yeah, you're
1: holding the phone upside down, too. Whether you connect with a phone call, video chat, talk in person, a card in the mail, or handmade parchment sent via carrier pigeon... We hope this Father's Day is an especially memorable one. Happy Father's Day from AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Hour two with the uh, NARN, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, with the guest host for today, Brad Carlson, will be coming up here in just a moment. The half-off home makeover deal is here. We're going to be highlighting the Blue Ox Heating and Air, the 96% efficient gas furnace can offset volatile energy prices and provide great comfort with even more steady heat. Plus it pollutes less looking at our forecast. We're going to have a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly before 2 PM with a high near 77. The Northern Alliance radio network, the longest running conservative talk show in the twin Cities. It's great to be
0: back in Minnesota today.
1: Political analysis of the good, the bad and the outright crazy. Now, Here's your headline act, Mitch Berg.
3: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that is making talk radio great again. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. No, I'm not Mitch Berg, and I do a terrible Mitch Berg impersonation. But uh, it's me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and colleague. Mitch away on assignment today, but fear not, Mitch will be back in his regular time slot this time next week. And actually, he'll be pulling double duty next week as I'll be away on assignment on uh, Sunday, June 28th. So uh, we'll, get our, uh, we'll get our show hours in this month. Never you fear. Uh, I want to take a, a transition now to some uh, local issues. And obviously, uh, something that has gripped our state and pretty much the entire nation the past uh, three, four weeks is the aftermath of the uh, George Floyd killing at the hands of Minneapolis police. Of course, that took place on Memorial Day and the following week, particularly here in Minneapolis. There were a lot of uh, protests, uh, significantly peaceful protests, but unfortunately, uh, when the sun started to go down, you had some of the, uh, shall we say, nefarious elements come out and cause a bunch of chaos, whether it be rioting, looting, tearing down buildings, fires as far as the eye could see. But the one thing that I've pointed out is... It shows what we are as a community here in the Twin Cities where people came together at the site of these uh, burned out, hollowed out buildings and residents and what have you came together for for cleanup and try to help the community heal. It's going to be a long process, no doubt about it, but we definitely have to start somewhere and we are moving forward. And uh, one of those who is uh, kind of in the uh, general area where a lot of this has taken place and has uh, helped been helping Reveal the Community, is our next guest. She joins us via phone, MJ Burst, living in uh, Minneapolis and is a great follower on Instagram, by the way. If I do say so myself, just follow her at Rockstar Burst on Instagram. That's B-E-R-S-T, Rockstar Burst. Again, that's on uh, Instagram. MJ, first of all, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. How are you doing today? you're doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Uh what uh so what's on uh Tapri this weekend? It seems like every time I uh tune into your Instagram, MJ, you're out there uh helping uh clean graffiti, uh having uh a great time with the folks trying to uh help the community heal. Uh what is the latest uh from your neighborhood, MJ Burst?
4: Yeah, so things have calmed down quite a bit, which has been good. So I live about six blocks from the third precinct on um mm-hmm. just off of Lake Street. And um it's been really Kind of cool, kind of sad, seeing the, the buildings that were burned down. Those are kind of being cleared out. Um, there has been a lot of activity. There's a church nearby that has been doing a lot of um, both food and, and supply runs for people in the community. So it's been really neat to just see people kind of come together. And this weekend, I have just been spending time with some friends and not doing a cleanup. I did I did a pretty big cleanup the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, okay. scrubbing graffiti, like you said. But just kind of taking it easy, taking in some of the peace and quiet that's finally returned to the neighborhood. And, and yeah, just enjoying myself.
3: Now, I guess let's, uh, let's go back to that week in particular. Obviously, the Tuesday after Memorial Day is when uh, the video footage of the uh, police officer kneeling on George Floyd's neck ultimately uh, resulting in George Floyd's death that started to circulate worldwide. And the one thing I commented, particularly in the area of that Cup Foods, uh, where that incident took place, there were people of uh, all political stripes, class, uh, races, what have you, just kind of coming together and trying to make sense of what happened because almost universally, everybody who saw what happened was abhorred by it, just couldn't believe that something could happen like that in broad daylight. And it really opened a lot of eyes to maybe what the, what the black community is enduring. And unfortunately, starting on Tuesday night, Uh, Then the third precinct was vandalized, and it just got worse as the week went on. uh, At what point, MJ, did you realize that uh, the unrest was really getting out of control? And were you able to uh, be safe, leave the neighborhood, or did you stay at home? I mean, how did you uh, react to that whole situation unfolding?
4: Oh, yeah. It was just, I watched the video twice. And it's, I mean, it is terrible. And you just think, wow, like, how could something like this happen? And I think everyone is in agreement that what happened is just completely Right I mean, it's just a complete failure on a lot of levels, so um I think the uh the protests were and I actually had had gone to several of the uh, the different protests around the city just to observe because people for the most part during the daytime were peaceful. there was yep. a lot of tension, there was definitely anger, there was hurt, there was pain, there was frustration, and rightfully so um, and obviously, our first amendment allows us to to air our grievances in in peaceful manners. So I don't think anybody was wrong to be out with their signs or marching down the streets or doing any of those things, but probably the uh, the scariest part that happened was the, at night, and obviously when you've got a situation where tensions are high and you don't necessarily have great leadership from. The, the city level and, and just the miscommunication, I think perhaps on, on the state level as well, all of a sudden we had a situation that, yes, people were, were frustrated and people were angry. And then all of a sudden there were not any police or any sort of authority figures to tell these people to, um, to stay peaceful and, and, and to stay within their means of, of nonviolent and, and non rioting really. So, um, it was it was a lot the the second night was probably the most intense for me anyways um, you could hear the choppers overhead there was there was sirens there was this noise and, and just you could just feel the tension in the air um, which was it was a really surreal feeling I've never I've never dealt with anything like that before I've never been through any sort of a, a riot or, or a situation where buildings, literally blocks from my house are, are being burned to the ground or having the windows smashed out or being vandalized and, and looted and spray painted. Um, this was a very new experience for me. So it was, it was a lot to take in.
3: And I imagine your, your phone was probably blown up too because a lot of family and friends who maybe don't live right in the area or maybe live out of state were aware that that was probably right in the general vicinity of your lived. I mean, how crazy was that? I mean, what was your phone probably blowing up to that, to that point, MJ?
4: Oh my gosh. I got so many messages and Instagram messages and phone calls and Facebook messages of just people checking in, which I really appreciated because the, just the, I guess the fear that was kind of running through my mind of, I don't know what's going to happen. And I could have gone home. I could have gone, you know, or out of the city at least. Um, but I didn't, I chose, I chose to stay. I I chose to, to stick it out and, and just kind of hoped for the best that, that things would calm down. But it was, um, yeah, it was really good to have people just kind of reaching out and making sure that I was okay. And not just that, just people asking, well, what can I get for you? I, I see that your grocery store has been pretty much shut down to for the foreseeable future. Or do you need somebody to talk to? Can I come give you a hug? So it was just really nice right. to have that, that support system.
3: Well, that's fantastic. And, yeah, like I say, that is the one silver lining that's come all this. We've, see, we've heard a lot of great stories and seen firsthand of people really coming together and, and, and helping the community, whether they live right in the area or not. And I think that's the, uh, uh, that's key distinction there. And speaking of the area, obviously, MJ, you living in Minneapolis uh, have made comments about you enjoy the city and, and the, just the uh, different entertainment aspects it provides, whether it's, you know, the, the theater district, obviously the sporting events would have you. And then uh, certainly the, the lakes area, wonderful time where a lot of people gather during the summer, but, Reading this past week, um, as a result of what's going on, and of course the city council deliberating on whether to, whether or not to defund the police, which, you know, as you, when you hear them talk, it essentially means abolish the police force. I think out of every, uh, of all of the real estate listings, homes for sale in Minneapolis, I think I heard a stat, something like one-sixth, one out of every six have, listings have occurred within the past week or two. That has to be uh, pretty demoralizing to the neighborhood, MJ.
4: Oh, definitely. And I'm in a couple of real estate groups up here in the Twin Cities, and that was actually a, a topic of conversation. Are people going to stay? Are people going to go? Are people going to sell? Because there's so much uncertainty going on right now. Um, I love my neighborhood. I, I love the the community we have. I love that there's, well, there were places to go to. Um, mm. I'm not really sure what the recovery is going to look like because so many of those small businesses are 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 I mean they're they're gone. Like the building isn't even standing anymore. So I'm sure places like Target and Cub and Walgreens can rebuild and, and hopefully they do. Um but there's a lot of uncertainty as to some of those smaller mon pa businesses and some of those businesses that were staples in the community that really um I don't I don't know if they're going to come back. So it's it's definitely sad in the sense that the the community and just the um, the camaraderie has kind of been shaken to the core. But right. on the flip side, it's been really cool to see people coming together. There has been multiple initiatives online for either GoFundmes. Um, there's the like the I Love Lake Street Association, which has been doing a lot. There have been just people just asking like, how can we help? How can we donate? How can we help you guys rebuild? So I I am hopeful. But I completely understand the kind of the confusion and even some of the frustration of the homeowners not knowing what's going on with the police department, whether or not we're going to have to um, find alternative forms of protecting ourselves and our homes and our businesses or or what that plan kind of looks like. The city council hasn't given a whole lot of direction other than just saying that they're looking to defund the police and, and no one really has a plan as to what's next.
3: Once again, we are joined by M.J. Burr. She, a, a resident of Minneapolis, uh, indicating that she lives about a half mile from the uh, third precinct of the police department that, of course, was the uh, subject of a lot of rioters and looters' uh, wrath. Uh, M.J., we need to take a quick break. Are you able to hold for another segment? want to get, obviously, into your uh, political affiliation, because we know you're a very conscientious uh, citizen, M.J., and engaged in a lot of the <laughs> issues. So are you able to hold for another uh, segment with us? Absolutely. Okay, MJ Burst will be back with us for another segment. If you'd like to weigh in as well, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and colleague Mitch Berg right here in the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
1: access to intelligent talk stream am 1280 the patriot with our free app your smart speaker or with iheart tune in and radio.com we live in the twin cities but serve worldwide
5: relief factor effective pain relief that really really works how do i know that i don't have a script I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com
2: as the will of the students goes so goes the will of the nation this is a central theme in the new movie return to the hiding place the film about Corey ten boom and her secret army of teenagers heroic efforts to hide and save jews from the nazis during world war ii Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the billy graham association now 45 years later comes return to the hiding place The untold, behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student-teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poley, one of Corey's teens of the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true, breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davis Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Return to The Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something extraordinary? Set a clear new vision for yourself this year and join Dr. Sebastian Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th. Journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from Holy Scripture. Reserve your spot today.
1: Register at am1280thepatriot.com.
2: Get $3,000 in furniture for just $1,500 through this special offer from Box Drop Furniture and this station. There's just one half-price furniture offer. Go to this station's website. Click on the half-off Home Makeover banner at the top of the page or call the station now.
3: <laughs> Welcome back and 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, this is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Fear not, Mitch will be back in his regular time slot next Saturday. But for now, we're uh, here and having fun on the air. And we'd love for you to join us, 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag darn show. That's hashtag N A R N show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in, uh, being joined. Next, uh, this segment by M.J. Burst, she, a Minneapolis resident who has been uh, on the ground helping the community rebuild in the aftermath of uh, all of the uh, uh, demonstrations, of, uh, particularly the riots and looting that took place. The demonstrations, for the most part, were peaceful and, uh, I thought, very unifying and very some extremely poignant moments. But, unfortunately, you had some uh, coming in to uh, undermine the cause. And, no, it was not 80%. Of outstaters who are like members of the cartel or white supremacists. Uh, That has proven to be false. And even Governor Walls admitted he got a little out in front of his skis on it. We may or may not talk a little bit about that. But uh, MJ, uh, obviously, if uh, people have an opportunity to follow you on Instagram, I think they should do so. Rockstar Burst, that's B E R S T. Rockstar Burst is your Instagram. Handle And I'll see how much poll I have, MJ, if you get a bunch of new followers. I'll, I'll gladly take credit <laughs> for it. But uh, uh, following your Instagram feed, I, you've I've been sharing a lot of personal information about your, uh, I guess, political evolution, how that has taken place. Uh, you, um, I, the one quote I, rem, that I recall that stood out to me is, you were Blexit before anybody knew Candace Owens' name. Uh, why don't you kind of expound on that a little bit? I'm fascinated by that concept, <laughs> MJ Burst.
4: Absolutely. So I kind of had my epiphany in my early to mid 20s. I was politically active in college. I was in a couple different groups. I am actually from Wisconsin originally. So I did some campaign work for Russ Feingold when he was running. Um, I was in I was involved with Code Pink, which was a, a big feminist group. Sure. Um, I actually went protesting out in Washington DC. I rode a bus out there to protest drilling in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge and thought I was doing all the right things and, and playing my part as a you know vocal active citizen of the United States and there were a couple things that kind of happened that started to to change my perception of the world that I was living in. And I think one of the big things for me was that, one, I had really never been exposed to thinking outside of what I had been taught in school. There weren't really any other voices that were in my ear or that I was even reading about that that showed another viewpoint as to how things would be or could be. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that I was involved in were very liberal by nature. I was in a band, hence my name on Instagram, Rockstar Burst. Um, and I was just exposed to a lot of this this liberal and, and even left-wing thinking. And I was taking a, a class in college. It was an economics course. And the book that we were reading was by Gregory Mankiw. And he has what's called the Ten Principles of Economics. And once I started learning about that, I was like, wow, no one's ever told me this stuff before. This has never been explained to me. This has never been taught to me. This has never even been on my radar until I took this class in college. And I was 22 or 23 at the time that that I had taken it. And that really kind of got the wheels turning. And then I also started listening to talk radio. I was dating a guy at the time who was uh, fairly conservative and was also very into talk radio and some of the the local hosts in the Milwaukee area, as well as some of the national hosts. So he kind of got me into that. Um, And then he also had a really good book collection. So I started to read different books and, and just kind of learn all these different principles. And there was um. There was a an episode um, on a talk radio program where Walter E. Williams was filling in, and I was like, "I'm hooked. this guy is awesome. I need to learn more about economics, and I can't believe that there are other African American citizens who are who are preaching these sort of things and that led me to Thomas Sowell, which also led me to people like um, you know, like Booker T. Washington, and some of these really prolific black voices that i feel like have never been taught or or even mentioned in any of Mm -hmm. the the schooling that i had had over the years so um yeah and candace owens came out you know nearly a a decade after that and i really could have used someone like her back in the day because it was fairly isolating and i didn't have a lot of people to bounce ideas off of and i've been called pretty much every name under the book at this point so i've got pretty thick skin stuff doesn't really faze sure. me anymore. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the uh, the Blexit moment of my life, and all of a sudden I was, huh, wow, I guess I'm not a liberal after all.
3: <laughs> well, now, now that's interesting because if, if, if I've got your bio correct, MJ, it seems to me that you were very enthused uh, initially about uh, Barack Obama's candidacy, his first term when he won in, in 2008, but you, you wound up voting for his opponent, John McCain, do I have that right? That is correct. So that, that is happen? kind of when
4: everything Oh, that was <laughs> I was for sure Obama was was the guy. I even had written a piece that was called Barack Obama, the man with a plan and was just gung ho on his policies and he was so eloquent and polished and, and well spoken and all of these things. But when I started to listen to some of the arguments that uh that like either the talk radio host would say or I also read a lot, um, just like articles online. And just sort of hearing some of the the counter arguments to to a lot of his policies, I was like, wow, these people are poking really valid holes in a lot of what he is, is saying. And once I really started to learn more about economic policy, foreign policy, those sorts of things, I realized that this was not the person that I was going to vote for. He just did not embody the values that I had now been adopting into my own life and just wasn't the in my mind was not the man for the job.
3: Okay, interesting. Yeah. I i I know that people will have these epiphanies, these conversions, you know, to say during it during someone's term, but the fact you were so enthusiastic about it and then to change around, that takes an incredibly open mind. So I guess kudos to you on the, uh on that MJ. <laughs> so uh I guess let's you know, let's talk about some of the issues that have come up politically because obviously in the aftermath a lot of that you're hearing you're seeing a lot of activists particularly on social media taking and saying okay now more than ever we see all these issues that are taking place in this country we have to be sure we register to vote we can't allow this kind of stuff to continue and when when you're seeing the people who are saying this it's a euphemism for be sure to get as many progressive voices Uh, elected as we possibly can, which in the city of Minneapolis makes no sense because it's been under progressive representation, whether at the state level or municipal levels and school boards, what have you, for literally generations. So uh, I I bring all that up because someone, uh, uh, Sean King, he's a leftist, a black activist. uh, He actually, and kudos to him for this, and I know you saw this tweet too, he pushed back on that and said, you know what, quit telling us all to vote because all of these big huge cities are run by democrats and we're the ones who put them there we need to kind of reconsider our thinking a little bit and so um, based on those lines mj you you, know, you, you indicated uh oh, i don't know if you indicated specifically you are you're actually a fascinating story biracial and adopted by white parents is that correct That's correct So what kind of stories do you have to share? Because I mean, as a lot of this stuff is coming out, we have a lot of folks coming out and saying, yeah, I've been a victim of this systemic racism for decades. It's horrible what happened to George Floyd, but at least now the serendipity is we have a voice to come out and talk about our experiences. But uh, you yourself have kind of pushed back on some of these. And maybe if you, uh, uh, do you feel like you have uh, had some of those experiences where you've experienced systemic racism, MJ?
4: I don't feel like I've experienced systemic racism. And I'm not saying that just because I haven't experienced doesn't mean that it might not exist in
3: of course. some way, nope.
4: shape, or form. But for me personally, I've worked in um, some very, I guess, male-dominated as well as Caucasian-dominated businesses throughout my career. And I have had nothing but support by the people that I've worked with. And I'm very grateful for that, um, just even being you know, a a woman and I was in the power sports and the automotive business for quite some time and just had really great mentors, really great peers. Um, Obviously, there's people that I didn't get along with, but I I never felt like that was a racial thing necessarily. I thought that it was just more, you know, people have different work styles. They have different communication styles. You're not going to get along with any or with everybody. So for me, it was never a race thing. Um I've heard lots of different stories from, you know, from lots of different people and I think everybody has a different story. I think a lot of it depends on sure. where you grew up. I think a lot of it depends on who, you know, who you were associating with. I grew up in a in a relatively small town in Wisconsin and I had almost all white friends. The whole community for the most part was white, but I had people that loved on me, that supported me, that wanted the best for me. I was the prom queen at my virtually all-white high school. So (laughs) I feel like I've maybe just had a very blessed life, but I've also – I do feel like there's – for me, it's always been about judging people on the content of their character. And I I know that's such a – I guess such a cliche thing to say because that was what obviously Martin Luther King Jr. was preaching, but he really did have it right, in my opinion. We really do need to look at people for for who they are as people and not who they are because they have more melanin in their skin or less melanin in their skin.
3: Once again, we're being joined by uh, MJ Burr. She uh, lives in Minneapolis, just a few, um, half a mile or so away from the third precinct, talking about uh, uh the rebuilding of that community, and talking about her own uh, personal uh, political evolution, and obviously uh, politics is on the forefront of uh, a lot of people's minds these days. Given that it is a uh, an election year, presidential election year here in the state of Minnesota, all 201 legislative seats are are up for reelection, and in, in the city of Minneapolis, next year is obviously uh, a critical election year. So we'll be uh, it'll be curious, I guess, to see if if people are really. Uh, committed to making changes that need to be done in that city or they're just going to continue to rubber stamp the same ilk that keeps going back to the city council, and the mayor's office. Uh, MJ, we'd have to take another uh, break real quick. Uh, Are you available to hang over for another segment with us? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Okay. Again, joined by uh, MJ Burst talking all things, uh, rebuilding the, uh, her uh, community down there in Minneapolis, as well as uh, politics, her personal political evolution and uh, how we're uh, addressing these issues that have uh, really cropped up in the aftermath of the uh, death of George Floyd. So much to get into. It's still a little time, but we'll uh, try to squeeze it all in when we come back to the next segment. Me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitchburg right here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Go nowhere. everything that's been changing one thing that won't change is american pressure's commitment to you our customers customer service quality product and family values that's what we have to offer and we're appreciative of any business you offer us from disinfectants to pressure washers
6: we are your source
3: hey are you guys open
6: yeah yeah we are come on in as businesses reopen across the nation Is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business Recovery Plan should be ready to go, right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan, targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With Everything in our toolkit working for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers.
1: This Father's Day weekend, June 19th, comes a brand new film, Selfie Dad, available at salemnow.com. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness.
5: Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here
1: in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life changing value of reading the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad today at SalemNow.com. Just use promo code
0: Minneapolis. That's promo code Minneapolis
4: legendary service install and repair we'll fix anything with legendary
0: care at paul Bunyan plumbing and drains there's no plumbing drain or sewer problem too big or too small we do it all to show thanks we're offering 54 dollars off any plumbing repair we'll serve you the way you want to be served and you can trust we'll be on time every time mention lumberjack to get this legendary deal we stand by our work and our people paul Bunyan plumbing and drains legendary service legendary care
3: Welcome back. AM 12, am Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, filling in for my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, on this Saturday. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, really enjoying our discussion with our uh, guest, MJ Burst, again, Minneapolis resident, helping her uh, community rebuild in the aftermath of the uh, George Floyd killing and also talking about her own uh, political evolution. Uh, MJ, we continue to see uh, pretty consistently over the past few weeks a lot of large demonstrations and protests uh, all around the company, or country, excuse me, particularly uh, involving the organization uh, Black Lives Matter. And what really is is, is frustrating to me, and I know frustrating a lot, is no one disputes that Black Lives Matter, uh, small b, Black Lives Matter, but the organization, capital B, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, again, there are some who are part of that organization, very pure in their purpose, again, just trying to convey the message, hey, Black Lives Matter too. But uh, unfortunately, it seems the organization itself, uh, people have a disagreements with I don't know they just kind of seem like a, a political arm of a lot of left wing causes I notice and I know that they're picking up on the uh, uh, on the on the trans movement and also there's been some elements of Black Lives Matter up in Seattle and Portland at those chop zones or chas or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, so from your perspective, uh, is it possible to draw a distinction to say hey Black Lives do matter without maybe agreeing? With the organization itself, MJ Burst?
4: I think it's uh, it's a gray area. Um, I 100% support anyone who is black, um, and I 100% do not support Black Lives Matter, the organization. (laughs) Mm, But it's become very convoluted, and people think that if you say that you don't support the organization, that you don't support anyone who is black, and that is... It's not the case, but it's it's, very, it's become a very nuanced um, situation. And I've been on their website several times, and one of the first things that's on there is talking about defunding the police and abolishing the police. And there's just a lot of things, and I would encourage everyone just to go to their actual website and look at some of their their talking points and some of their proposals. What really is concerning to me is that a lot of these things at least from what I've studied from an economical standpoint, are not actually going to necessarily help the Black community. And I, I do feel like it's much more about the, the political cause than actually helping individuals in the Black community. So I'm not really sure how, how we make the distinction. I, I'm not sure how we, how we separate the um, kind of like the mindset that I have. And, and what the actual organization is supporting. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that. And, um, but it does concern me that there's so much push and so much, I guess, momentum behind this movement right now when really I think a lot of people don't even understand what the actual Black Lives Matter movement is about.
3: Yeah, I, and you know we talk about that. Obviously, we saw uh, the the infamous video that came out. I think it was a couple of weekends ago when Mayor Fry was speaking at a rally and was not down for defunding the police. Talked about there needed to be some serious reforms implemented, but uh, stopped short of saying, "Yeah, we should defund." And was basically cursed out of the crowd and kind of did the uh, walk of shame <laughs> down the sidewalk. I've never seen a, uh, a an elected official subjected to that uh, that kind of humiliation. That was uh that was a sight to behold, to be sure. But Uh, Along those lines, uh, what I mean, the natural question that people have is like, okay, defund the police. All right, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. Okay, what happens if, say, our home is broken into or we're subjected to violent crime? And of course, the city, Minneapolis City Council President Lisa Bender on CNN was asked that very thing and basically came out and said, well, talking about public safety, you know, which in my mind is a public good. Well, that's just part of your privilege, which to me, all of this is incredibly irresponsible to talk about this. I mean, come up with some ideas along those lines. It's fine. But what's the alternative? And no one seems to have an answer, MJ.
4: Oh, no one has an answer. And her statement really bothered me because everyone, well, one, it showed that she just has no real connection to other communities outside of her own because anyone and everyone is able to call the police and mm-hmm. <laughs> what's been funny to me when I think about it so if we actually did let's say defund the police and, and got rid of them and abolish them altogether the people that would be fine would be anyone who's got any sort of wealth right they could either hire private sure. security they could band together they could do they could create a militia inside of their community and they would be fine they would be safe but the people who are left the most vulnerable are, again, minorities and lower income people who don't have a police force anymore to turn to when things actually go south. So that statement in and of itself is really just, well, bothersome. And it just seemed very out of touch to me. Um, I think, if anything, we should maybe be spending more money on the police, we should be giving them better training, we should maybe look at some of the other communities around the US that seem to have a you know seem to have a good rapport in their communities of color and I just don't think that getting rid of the police is the solution and there was I don't even remember which um, which city council member said this, but they basically said that the police department is not able to be reformed and all I could think of was but what what reforms have have we actually put into place? We haven't actually tried any new any new ways of doing things. So to just say that we're going to scrap everything all altogether without actually sitting down and saying, Oh, you know, maybe we could go through some psychology training so that we're able to deescalate situations better, or maybe we can have better firearms training so that we're not so trigger happy and, you know, easy to, to shoot when there's a high pressure situation, or there just seems to be a multitude of things that we could at least try and implement before we just scrap the police altogether.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be ultimately a pretty big lift. Uh, a friend of mine put out a a post indicating that according to the city charter uh that the the city has to fund I think it's a percentage of the citizens uh, you know they there was some sort of uh uh calculation where x percentage of the, uh, dollars of per citizen has to go uh, to police. And the only way to overturn the, the city charter is if the city council and mayor agree unanimously, which, you know, only nine of the 12 city council members agree to it. And obviously Mayor Fry isn't on board with it. Or in the other way is a, is a referendum for the entire city of Minneapolis. Uh, I don't see the first uh, part of it, you know, but again, all 12 city councilors and the mayor uh, voting to do so, but the other aspect of it a uh, simple majority of voters in the city of minneapolis you 're on the you're 're there in the city m j uh, obviously you kind of have your finger on the pulse for the most part do you think the- the citizens itself the majority of citizens in Minneapolis have an apt- appetite for such a thing? No.
4: And it's funny that you asked that. So one of the cleanups that we were doing, we went to um, a grocery store and the woman who owns it is a Hispanic woman and she's about five foot, nothing. And she was so sweet. And she was so grateful that we were out there scrubbing graffiti off of her building. And actually one of the coolest things that happened, she actually looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry for what happened to George Floyd. And I was like, Oh, like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that you're, you know, it's not your job to apologize for what happened, but it, it was sure. nice that she had empathy for the situation. Um, but she had said, you know, I've had this grocery store for years. She was like, I am a small woman. She's like, I need the police. I can't tell you how many times I call them when something is going wrong in my shop or if somebody is trying to steal or if there's an argument outside. So to her, it's, she's like, I pay my taxes. She's like, I, you know, I do my part. I, I, I play my part in the city. And I, I rely on those services for when I am in a situation that I can't handle myself. So I think a lot of people probably have that mindset. I don't necessarily want to be in a situation where I need to completely stand up for my own person and, and know that there's no one else that has my back. Um, the police, yes, absolutely, does They need to be reformed? I agree. However, to just take that away as, as a service... Um, I think it puts a lot of people at, at a big disadvantage.
3: And, uh, and the thing I find uh, just absolutely crazy about su- such a suggestion is that people will say defund the police, maybe, you know, which a lot of them, when you listen to it, it, it leads to the obvious conclusion they want to completely abolish the police. There are also some of the most strident anti-gun people out there. I mean, there are more. there are more than enough citizens who are willing to say, okay, if that's how you're going to do it, I need to be on my own for my own protection. I'm going to take the onus of taking firearm safety, getting my permit to carry, conceal, carry, what have you, and defend myself. And that's an alternative that a lot of these uh, progressives don't want either. And it's just like we're out there like sitting ducks, MJ. Yeah, I know.
4: I'm like, I don't really want to learn karate for <laughs> my safety and protection.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, again, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think that this is a... Uh, Uh, you know, a very serious proposal, and some dismiss it for the unseriousness as it is. But unfortunately, when there is even just a little bit of life given to such a suggestion, uh, the one thing about progressives is when they get their minds on something, they're willing to be vigilant in pursuing it. And it may take a generation or two before their goals and and desires are implemented, but they will, will stay on it. So this is something that I, the, those who don't want to defund the police that believe in some sort of reform also have to remain eternally vigilant is the same as second amendment supporters. We talk the second amendment a lot on this uh, particular, on these particular programs. So along those same lines, uh, MJ, we have to. Uh, we got about a minute left uh, with you before we go. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Like I say, I've given out your uh, Instagram handle. Uh, you know, like I say, it's very informative, uh, very insightful. All of the things that you have to share on there. Any place else uh, anybody uh, can find you to follow along and uh, catch on to your insights?
4: Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. It's just MJ Burst, um, and then also on Medium, which is a, a writing platform. Um, so I write some of my my deep thoughts on the world and, and policy and all of those things um, on medium. And that's just, um, it's the rock star burst show and that's at medium. Okay.
3: Fantastic. Well, uh, MJ, appreciate the time today. And again, thank you for uh, sharing all of your uh, exploits there in the city of Minneapolis and everything that's, uh going on there and appreciate your insights on the uh, uh broadcast today and uh, you're welcome to come back anytime it doesn't have to be just one-time thing i'm sure there'll be a lot of uh political news happening in uh, this presidential election year <laughs> so uh we'll definitely keep in touch one way or the other and uh, we appreciate your time today thanks so much yeah thank you once again it's me brad carlson filling in for mitchburg right here am 1280 the patriot northern alliance radio network take a break be back with one final segment on the broadcast go nowhere Ah,
4: I, I, it's late. It's late.
1: AM twelve eighty The Patriot. Whoa.
0: A $50 utility payment or grocery card can be one thing that helps a family like yours. This is Mick Sterling, founder of the 30 Days Foundation. We've been helping Minnesota families and individuals in real-life financial crisis with one-time grants made payable only to the service provider since 2011. Rent issues, utility payments, store cards, and more. Please help us do the one thing that can make all the difference, because we've all been there. Visit the 30-daysfoundation.org. Thank you. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit TermProvider.com. TermProvider.com.
3: Warning. 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 Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack
1: Shack Barbecue at RackshackBarbecue.com. Get that
0: Rack Shack
6: attack. Rackshack
2: Barbecue. Yeah. Get an $8,025 high-efficiency gas furnace for just $4,012 through this special offer from Blue Ox Heating and Air in this station. There's just one half-off furnace. Go to this station's website, click on the half-off home makeover banner, or call the station now
3: i know you moved on to someone new whole life is beautiful you were the light for me to find my truth i just want to say thank you welcome back Even am 128 patriot northern alliance radio network with me brad carlson thank you uh, to my friend and colleague mitch berg for allowing me to uh, assume the reins of his broadcast today yeah you figured it out by now mitch is away on assignment but we'll be back in his regular time slot next saturday Uh, Thank you as always for tuning in. I do want to take this uh, final segment uh, to talk some more uh, local news. Uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, of course, the senior senator for Minnesota appeared on an MSNBC program on Thursday and announced that she was withdrawing from consideration to be Joe Biden's running mate on the Democrat presidential ticket. Uh, it became pretty obvious as time had gone on that uh, Cloby would not be selected uh, as Biden's running mate. So to me, this was little more than a face-saving exercise. Uh, I'll read from her quote. Uh, this is, again, on an interview she did on Lawrence O'Donnell's program Thursday night on MSNBC. America must seize on this moment, and I truly believe, as I told the vice president last night, that I think this is a moment to put a woman of color on the ticket, woo. Well, um, how awkward is that going to be if Biden selects Focahannis, uh, Elizabeth Warren, is his VP candidate, or are we still going under the delusion that she's also a minority? I think, I think we've, I think we've pretty much moved away. Yeah, that's right. Elizabeth Warren herself has come out and said, "Yeah, I'm not a person of color." So, wow. So, Kloby and uh, Elizabeth Warren, they're, uh, they're buddies in the Senate, right? And Kloby thinks it should be a woman of color, so there goes her pal, Elizabeth Warren, under the bus. So much for that, but <clears throat> I digress. Continuing from the Star Tribune story, in a follow-up interview with the Star Tribune, Klobuchar clarified that she reached out to Biden to ask him to pull her name from his VP list, not the other way around. She said she was still being vetted for the vice presidential slot, though many Democrats believe Klobuchar's chances suffered after the unrest that sprang up in the wake of George Floyd's killing by Minneapolis police officers on May 25th. Um, Let's be honest here. This was, again, like I said, this was little more than a face-saving exercise because this, in fact, it was reminiscent of when she dropped out of the presidential race. You remember that? So this would have been on Sunday, March 1st, two days before the Democrat presidential primary here in Minnesota. And, of course, Minnesota was part of Super Tuesday. And just a week or so earlier, people were writing these think, piece, think pieces on Clomentum. You know, Clomentum, Amy Klobuchar, you know, she's the kind of the dark horse, so to speak. She has momentum. And it was a fallacy because she finished, like, in a surprising third in New Hampshire, Iowa, we never know who won that because it was such a disaster in how they tabulated their votes. And she had some stronger than anticipated showings uh, in some of these uh, caucus and primary states. So there was momentum, And I said, it's a fallacy. It's a delusion. She's not even top three or four in the polls in some of these states on Super Tuesday, save for her home state of Minnesota. So backing that all up on that sunday march 1st she was going to hold a rally at st louis park kind of a st louis park high school kind of a homecoming because you know the minnesota primary was going to take place in a couple of days well if you remember the organization black lives matter co-opted that rally they took over the stage because they wanted to talk to amy klobuchar about what they believe was a wrongful conviction of mayan burrell now if you remember there were three men who went to prison for the shooting death of Taisha Edwards in North Minneapolis back in 2002. And Amy Klobuchar was a Hennepin County attorney at the time. And Mayan Burrell was one of the three that went away. Well, uh, apparently there's been a lot of corroboration that has since come to light that said this case, it should have never gone to trial. And a matter of fact, uh, Mayan Burrell was not anywhere near the neighborhood when this took place. Again, this is all corroborating evidence. I don't know if there's any physical or forensic evidence to discount that, but there has been a lot of corroboration that's come up, and therefore this case needs to be looked at again. So Black Lives Matter organization that was there, they wanted to have a meeting with Klobuchar, and apparently uh, Klobuchar's officials in her campaign and some Black Lives Matter officials, there was a meeting to you know, discuss Uh, them making a statement. I don't know if they wanted to make a statement at the rally before Amy Klobuchar took the stage. Well, whatever the situation was, there were no terms that were agreed to, and therefore Black Lives Matter would not stand down, and they would continue to stand up on stage and demand justice for Mayan Burrell and wanted to talk to Amy Klobuchar, and Klobuchar ended up canceling her rally because she knew she was going to just continue to be shot down by Black Lives Matter. And literally the next day, Monday, March 2nd, so the day before the Minnesota primary, she dropped out of the presidential race because it got to the point where the shine was coming off her star and in her home state, no less. And so the next day, she dropped out of the presidential race and immediately endorsed Joe Biden because she couldn't stand the humiliation of possibly losing to an avowed socialist in the Minnesota primary, because it was starting, the, the strong indications were, okay, this is starting to wear off. She could very well lose her home state. She couldn't stand that humiliation. Plus, let's be honest, there was no path forward. Even if she had won Minnesota, there was really no path forward to the nomination after that. So she figured, well, yeah, might as well cut my losses and get it over with. And this, her removing herself from the veep stakes, kind of feels a lot like that. You know, the humiliation of not being selected by Joe Biden, say, going with Kamala Harris, okay, that, you know, Kloby would once again be on the outside looking in. And she's taken a lot of public relations hits in 2020, something that she has never had to endure before. So, again, this is uncharted territory for her. But in the end, uh, she'll be able to have her U.S. Senate seat for as long as she wants it. But I will say any aspirations beyond that, uh will be met with severe resistance from groups like BLM because they're still demand they're still gonna demand answers regarding Mayan Burrell's conviction. Uh and I don't doubt that I or I doubt, excuse me, that any substantive retort uh on the issue will occur from uh Minnesota's US senior senator because she's never been one to take on the tough problems or engage in any difficult conversations and this will be no different. So um, if she's angling for the attorney general in a, in a Biden administration, should Joe Biden emerge victorious in November? Maybe that's what she's angling towards, but you better believe there's going to be a lot of resistance to that as well. I'm, uh, I'm convinced of it. So anyhow, folks, I've had a blast. AM am 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. I will be back on these very airwaves tomorrow in this same time slot. One to three for my regular show, the closer. God bless you all. God bless America.
0: health issues call term provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com termprovider.com
1: how'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television. Television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive
6: cable bill. 800-430-8761 800-430-8761 800-430-8761 That's 800-430-8761 I'm Mick Anderson,
2: General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and for years this great station has been fighting
1: to keep the Twin Cities right. As we head into 2020, I would ask that you help us
2: continue the fight by supporting our local sponsors who live, work and play right here in the Twin Cities. Now here's a word from our friend Dennis Prager. I, I appeal to you
5: to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. And helping fighters is as good and noble as fighting. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help the station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Those sponsors, they are making us possible. No sponsors, we're talking to ourselves.
1: By supporting the local businesses you hear on this station, you help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. AM 12A